0: Welcome back to another episode of Peter's Proffer here in the courtroom of current events. And we are still stuck on the coronavirus. So, new laws, new acts, new stuff keeps happening in response to the coronavirus. We are still a full go here, providing all the services we always provide for our clients. The courts are now only handling things telephonically and by video conference, our depots, hearings, things like that. Trials are canceled, but we're still rolling. So, today we are going to talk about the Families First Coronavirus Response Act that's been implemented to help businesses deal with the coronavirus and all the sickness and all the schools closing. So, we'll get into what that act is, what it does, and who's going to pay for it when it's all said and done. Thanks for listening in. As always, if you want any topics heard on this podcast, our handle is at Tragos Law on all social media. My email is petertragos at greeklaw.com. Pete Sardis is with me on the podcast today, and we are still talking coronavirus. So just to kind of begin the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, why don't you tell us what this is?
1: All right. um, To give a little bit of background, over the course of the last week or so, the House has put together a series of uh, legal and public health benefits for... Paid leave, testing for coronavirus, uh, public health issues, benefits for children and families in something called House Resolution. It was a bill. Now it's a resolution 6201. That bill went over to the Senate, I believe, either yesterday evening uh, or maybe the day before, and it was signed by the president today. So let me just tell you, that is lightning fast.
0: And it's hilarious. And not hilarious, but I mean, it's it's really something and interesting how much can get accomplished when all of these people work together across the aisle from each other that usually they just like to sit there and fight. But when they actually want to come together and get something done, they can do it. And they can actually do things that are beneficial for this country. And it's proven in times of crisis and emergency times like, we, like we're in right now. Right.
1: The truth is we have no problems in this country. Yeah. And therefore, we, make, got, them. we make problems right. up. But when it's real... You know, everybody got together, uh, and I think did a spectacular job of getting a bipartisan resolution that doesn't have a lot of what we call pork in it. There's not a lot of actually, there's nothing in it. There's no you know special interest projects which all they that tried to crap. do in some of the other yes. coronavirus
0: bills, but not in this one. So. What, what is the purpose of this? Let's get into the meat of it. Let's talk about... We can we can skip the OSHA standards and things like that, okay. but let's talk about what it what it actually means for small businesses, employers, employees. The
1: real purpose is to, All businesses, I yeah. guess I
0: should say, not just small businesses. In
1: fact, the purpose is to get relief to the American public um, be, because of either loss of money, loss of resources, uh, because of coronavirus issues.
0: It's relieving some of the stress... And, um, some of the financial issues that are created by a virus like this, it's created by the sickness itself and the amount of people that it's affecting and the social distancing that we're supposed to be doing. But it's also affecting businesses, employees, and employers because their kids are now done with school. Florida has canceled school for this year. You're basically not coming back till next year. They're doing some sort of virtual school. Some of them parents are teaching kids at home, picking up that slack. But that creates a real serious problem in the workforce.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you, a lot of us don't recognize uh, how many children depend on going to school so they can have breakfast and lunch. And now that their parents can't take them to school, one of the things that's in this particular Family First Coronavirus Response Act is implementation for children to be able to receive meals that would otherwise not have them
0: because they're not going to school. Okay, and so that's one of the things that's in the act is to help families provide food for their children. Right. Okay. What else is in the act?
1: Uh, there are a lot of details involving benefits that people are, av- that are available to people. For example, um, like state run hospitals and nursing homes. So there are going to be benefits available to residents of hospitals and nursing homes that otherwise would not be available. We talked about OSHA standards. Yes. They're actually relieving and changing some of the OSHA standards for uh You know, for some governmental agencies that are actually not bound by OSHA, they've made some requirements for them. There's, uh, you know, extensions on food stamps. There's, uh, you know, workers uh, getting temporary relief. For example, if they are sick, and we'll talk about these, I think, in some detail here. But it's kind of it's kind of well encompassing all walks of life here.
0: So the the major part of it that's going to affect most of the people, and what we want to kind of focus on today is dealing with the sick leave and the medical leave and having to stay home to take care of your child or someone else that's sick. So what does it specifically say? Um, it's providing for businesses, um, dealing with people that are sick and dealing with their children that are now home from school or dealing with taking care of a sick person that doesn't have anyone else to take care of them.
1: And well, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. What it comes down to is this particular bill, well, it's not a law, Provides sick leave for individuals that are diagnosed with uh, COVID-19. If they have a family member that is diagnosed, that requires their time. It applies to them. It also applies to uh, children and other homebound individuals that require care.
0: So so they kind of set out exactly, and we've, we've kind of danced around it. Why don't you read specifically the four things that it sets out um, for people that would be eligible for the additional leave that is, is provided for in this act.
1: Yeah. Section 601 says specifically, worker that has current diagnosis for COVID-19. Number two, worker uh, is quarantined, including a self-imposed quarantine, at the instruction of a healthcare provider, employer, government official, to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Number three, worker is caring for another person who has COVID-19 or who is under quarantine relative to COVID-19. And finally, the worker is caring for a child or other individual who is unable to care for themselves due to the COVID-19 related closing of their school, child care facility, or other care program.
0: So that's kind of who this act is built to protect and to help. Um, So what are they providing for? And let's just kind of talk about, because there are some limitations in the bill. There are some things that went back and forth between the House and the Senate that were initially requested, such as this be applicable and available for every business, no matter the size, and for every person, no matter what their responsibility is. But it didn't kind of come down the line like that. And there was also, I think they threw all kinds of date ranges around, like Sometimes they talked about doing two weeks to make available to employees. Some people wanted three months. So it was kind of just across the board trying to deal with this. So what did they come up with? What business size? Let's start with what business size is this applicable for this is Really applies to businesses less
1: than 500 people. I will tell you that there's another break of businesses less than 50 people that has a lot more uh, meat to it. But major corporations like I don't know Walmart, Fortune 500 companies, yeah, this does not apply to them.
0: Right. So, and that was one of the things that was argued about, I guess, when this bill was coming up. But it ended up being for small and mid-sized businesses, and it's providing. And the reason it makes sense because one of the things that they talked about and is in the committee notes was. These businesses already have paid leave. They have the FMLA Act, which provides a lot of unpaid leave for medical issues, and they can kind of use the resources that are already given to them, these employees. But a lot of small businesses, especially like you talked about, under 50 employees, they don't provide any sick leave at all. And a whole other chunk of employees that are part-time employees usually don't have any sick leave. Well, this act applies to those small businesses and part-time workers. So why don't we talk about now what it's actually providing? What do you get that, isn't, that wasn't already provided to you as part of your employment? Right.
1: Presuming you meet the qualifications of COVID-19 uh, or your family member, you can have two-thirds of the, your average monthly earnings for a cap up to $4,000. Um, they're also providing this benefit through the end of the year. Retroactive benefits uh, up to six months prior to the enactment of this bill for that those wage benefits. The act's kind of I don't want to say not clear, but it's pretty much says twelve weeks. You get fourteen days paid vacation, but it also talks about up to twelve weeks of benefits if you're actually diagnosed and you're 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 stuck.
0: And for some of the things that it provides for like caring for a sick child. Some portions of it talk about only two thirds of your uh, salary up to, you know, $200 a day or $500 a day. There are limitations. Um, and additionally, you have to have worked for the company for 30 days prior to even being eligible for this. Right. So if you just started last week, you're not eligible for what the family's first coronavirus response act provides. Um, but talk a little bit about, so, so we, we've talked a little bit about already, you know, what it provides. It provides two weeks of paid sick leave. It could provide even more than that, depending on what your situation is. Um, cause a, a lot of times these businesses don't have that. It also provides two weeks additional to whatever your job already provides. So if you take sick leave for this and two months from now, this is all gone. Well, you still have whatever your sick t- time and paid time off was that you already had with your job.
1: Yeah. And think of it as If you are actually, God forbid, diagnosed with coronavirus or you have a family member that is, uh, those 14 days of sick leave is just for coronavirus. It does not affect your standard 14 days of sick leave just because you got the flu.
0: So a question that I have for you is, what if your company has less than 50 employees and you find that this just totally jeopardizes your business viability Are you stuck having to give your employees these two weeks paid vacation? No, and there really is. And this was, I think, really smart. Whoever thought of this,
1: there is a provision in the act that basically says if you are a small, small business, so under 50 people, and your ability to function and to survive is jeopardized by this, you are exempted. Actually, what I should say is you can request exemption. That way your business doesn't go under.
0: Right. And they'll allow you to do that. So, and there are some other things and some, it's all fluid. In case you haven't noticed, we've done multiple podcasts on different emergency laws and acts that are happening and coming out in a response to the coronavirus. This is all fluid and things could change and they can make amendments to this bill. But before we get into the last part, which is who's going to pay for all of this, Is this just going to be in effect forever? Is this a new law or how are they dealing with it? This actually
1: sunsets at the end of 2020. So December 31st, 2020, this law ends. Yeah.
0: And it's over and it's out. And I'm sure they can do another one if God forbid coronavirus lasts into 2021. But as far as this iteration of the act, it is over and done with December 31st of 2020. Um, So now let's talk about what a lot of people are probably thinking about. Who's paying for all of this? Are the the small businesses stuck with the bill or how's this working?
1: You know, the truth is when we talk about government spending, we pay for it. We, the citizens, the taxpayers
0: pay for all of this. And what's happened is... What he means is we're paying for it in our taxes. Right. But
1: in the bill, who's paying for this? A lot of this money is coming through the social security program. That's kind of how it's structured. Um... Not the for all the the super nerds out there. they are they actually made specific uh, line items to protect the Social Security trust fund and the administrative budget. So this money does not come from that. But you can keep hearing people, uh, especially on the news talking about these the government's going to be injecting billions of dollars, actually a trillion, I think, is the number of the last right. I heard of money. as a stimulus package. So this is what that money is going to.
0: so the way that it's working is, these business owners and these employers are going to get full reimbursement for the amount of money that it costs them to have to implement this coronavirus families response act and they get it in the form of payroll tax credit so you apply for that and they'll give you the government will give you a credit on what you usually pay for your taxes to the government on your payroll they'll erase that as part of paying back paying you back for this but then they will also cut you a check is what it says Uh, based on the overage if you owe more money to your employees in sick leave than your payroll taxes are. So you're going to be fully reimbursed for all of the sick leave all of the time off for taking care of children that you have to provide for your employees. And from the employer's perspective, understand that for every employee,
1: your empl- your boss pays an additional about 12%, give or take, of taxes on top of your actual salary, and that is your payroll tax. And what the government's going to do is and basically... And that goes to the government. It goes to the government, absolutely. It is nothing more than a tax for you to be able to work. Uh, and what'll happen is, like Peter said, you'll remove from your payroll tax calculation, the amount of dollars the sick or you know, COVID-eligible employee consumed. Now, for some companies, they're just they're too small and the 12% will never add up. So they're the ones that are eligible for a check.
0: Well, and for some companies that are going to be in that um, part that apply for exemption, like you talked about, less than 50 employees, that this is going to jeopardize the viability of their business, I also read and some people commentating on the act and some other experts that have been kind of shooting around how this is going to work, that the government has also talked about ways to front that money to, um, businesses. So, and there's a couple different ways you can do this. So the government can actually send you a check. Like some of the experts have talked about that might happen as a result of this act. But then we also have been getting emails from some of our business bankers and financial planners that Florida is, uh, is it Florida or was it the federal government? Federal government, $50,000 interest-free loans. Correct. So they're giving $50,000 interest-free loans that you do have to pay back. But the way you could do it is, you know, not finagle, but it can be a process where you get the $50,000 loan you use that to pay for all the coronavirus sick time, and then the government reimburses you and you pay back that loan. So it's kind of just money going around in a circle that lets you float because, again, some businesses that have less than 50 employees can't just float a couple months of paid sick leave for all of their employees while they're not making money. Right,
1: because we call it cash flow, meaning they're, the monies that go in and out of a business are suffering right now. So that cash flow is what is what that part of the bill is designed to protect. Keeping businesses flush with cash, that way they can keep paying their employees, keep you know their uh, keep their doors open, and, and we'll see frankly how many more things are gonna come out of this. One of the things that we didn't talk about, and I should probably mention, there is even an, an entire section of unemployment benefits that are going to be set up, and these unemployment benefits you can apply for electronically. So as opposed to going down to the unemployment office and you know filling out your forms, they're going to be online or you can call or email, which is unprecedented for the government.
0: And they're going to make the process a lot easier because they realize a lot of employers are going to have to lay off their employees. Some employers are even doing it as a favor to the employees that as opposed to just sending them home with no pay, you lay them off or you fire them so that they can go get unemployment right. and the government is going to kind of uptick you know, or I, I should say loosen, um, uh, their strict terms of giving people unemployment. Now they're going to give it a lot easier because they realize all these people are getting laid off because there's no work because of the coronavirus, especially with hotels and tourist activities and, and, uh, casinos are services. closed. Food yeah. Service, sure. Restaurants, all that stuff is really going down. So they're going to make it easier for you to get unemployment. So the last part of the bill that's going to affect a lot of people is how are they going to make it easier and cheaper for you to figure out if you have the coronavirus?
1: Um, First things first, I think we're going to start seeing tests and testing really get streamlined here in the next, hopefully, few days. The interesting part about the bill is the health provisions that are inside of it, and it talks about Medicare, Medicaid, TRICARE, that's insurance for us military folks, and private health insurance are now all mandated and obligated to cover coronavirus testing, of course, if you qualify, and treatment with no cost to the individual. So there's no copay for right. that.
0: There's no copay. There's no deductible. There's no out of pocket. There's no nothing. Right. Your insurance is going to cover all of this coronavirus stuff that you have. Hopefully it's just a test. Test comes back negative. You go home. But if the test comes back positive, then again, your insurance is going to have to cover it. It's not going to be something that goes through all the red tape and are they going to cover this? Are they going to cover part of it? Are you going to have to pay this much out of pocket while you're not working and not getting paid? Or while you own a business that's losing money, they don't want to add this on top of that. So the government's doing what they can to help. And I'll tell you to, to talk about how much they thought
1: this through, which is really impressive. It even includes what we call durable medical goods. For example, let's just you say you're immunocompromised and your doctor says you need to have a specific type of respirator mask. It will cover that as a durable piece of equipment that you need to either to protect you or others from the virus.
0: Right. So, in the, and this is the time where the government can come in and kind of help the people of the nation.
1: I, I was going to say one thing that I find very interesting about this, and not to you know make light of uh, a pandemic, but
0: there are 300 million people in this country.
1: As of today, I think we've got 10, about 10,000 you know, people and, that are diagnosed. And we're, we're
0: recording this on Thursday, uh, March 19th. So it's going to be a little earlier. You're going to hear this a little later than we're recording it. So the number will be higher, I'm sure, then.
1: Yeah. But, you know, when you think about... How much effort is being undertaken on a on a, a virus that basically affects a very small percentage of the population? But how much effort has gone on into you know protecting us from this? You know, it's um, frankly kind of scary. The question is, what are we missing?
0: Yeah, and not not just what are we missing, but also the other things that could be fixed if if both sides would work together. Um, If the Republicans and Democrats could actually come together and compromise here and there to try to help people that need to be helped, but not hand out unnecessarily for people that don't want to help themselves kind of deals. You know, it's kind of just the government coming together and trying to get things done where everybody can agree because you can see uh, rational minds can, can agree, which is the opposite of the saying. Usually it's rational minds can disagree. Um, but rational minds can actually agree even when they don't see eye to eye on all the issues when it's necessary and when it's actually the right decisions are being made. Right. And you, we talk about these people sometimes not very well,
1: but you know, they're smart and they even, they they even came to a point and it's in this, the kind of the back end of this, of the act, they've even made provisions for fraud. So if at some point, you are deci- or discovered to be committing fraud, there are special provisions that take place to prosecute people that oh, are yeah. taking advantage well, of coronavirus yeah. That's like I, I hire
0: my daughter, have her work here, send her home, she can collect, and then I collect that back from the government. Now we just made double money. You know, that's I'm sure there's elements of fraud that you can come up with, just like in any other law that's benevolent to the people of the country, and that's what we're always worried about as well. But you just see what can happen when politicians take the politics out of decision making and just try to do what's right. So hopefully this act will help a lot of businesses. Hopefully it'll help a lot of employees and hopefully you learned something in the podcast today. So thanks for listening and we'll be back with you next time. I think I've already failed the recommendation that we speak slower in the podcast so it's easier for people to follow. And as we go, our marketing coordinator told us that we need to speak a little slower so it's easier to follow. So Pete, we're going to do our best to do that today. Um,